Ready. Hey. Just in the middle of the field, 45, 50. Green grass in front of him, leaving Lions in his way. I am Jeff Joniak. Blitz is on. Down he goes. Brisker. What was it like playing for Coach Dicka? Uh, I don't want to answer any questions like that. 61 yards. Ooh. A Sunday stroll for Justin Fields. No way. Three, four, three. And Pekara is Pekara is Now. Bears Etc. Brought to you by Miller Lite with the voices of the Bears, Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. Cuts have been made, deals have been done, and probably more to come before it's all said and done. The 2023 Bears prepare for their 100th fourth season in franchise history with a new look and a new hope for success. Hi, everybody. This is Bears Etc. with Super Bowl winning Bear Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak, my broadcast partner on ESPN 1000 of the Bears Radio Network. And we're brought to you by Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller Time Chicago. All the angst that uh, players have felt over the course of the last few weeks, Tom. And no way is there a sigh of relief, right? Right, Jeff. You know, have you ever watched the end of the Stanley Cup or a golf tournament where they show the guy that's inscribing the name of the winners on the trophy forever? Yeah. That's not happening yet. Those names are not being inscribed on the roster for the finality of the Chicago Bears season. There's hundreds of names in positions and players in previous scouting that they've done on players that have to see if they fit and they may be better on this team than they were on the team they were trying out for because of depth, because of different instances um, throughout the course of time in training camp. So I think this is something that we need to, as you say, pump the brakes and let's see where the roster is in almost two weeks where instead of tomorrow. Right. As of right now, 26 players on offense, 23 on defense, and three of the specialists, of course. And the newest addition is Dan Feeney, a local product from Sandberg High School out there in Orland Park, Tommy. Another local guy and a guy with experience acquired from the Miami Dolphins in return for a sixth-round pick in 2024. More on his arrival from head coach Matt Eberflus pending the passing of a physical. And there you got an inside guy. Uh, that you feel that can play all spots um, and back up and, and you know and be you know a good a good starter there. So uh, that's really it, and uh, it's kind of like having a good swing tackle, you know. And that's really what the thought process was there. When, just, when uh, you said that everybody's healthy, uh, but Tevin's week to week, should we interpret that as you expect them to be good to go? That's what they're saying. Yep, everything looks good. Uh, we're, we're we're getting guys in. We had uh, walk through a nice long walk through meetings yesterday. We got the same thing today. Um, and guys are looking good there, and they're ramping up. Guys that have been out are starting to do a lot of uh, you know land-based stuff and getting into speeds and cuts and moving around. So uh, we'll see where it goes, but it looks good right now. Matt, with Co- if Cody's healthy, will he go back to center, or do you anticipate him staying at left guard? Yeah, we're going to have to look at that. Once we get the roster uh, finalized, you know, because there's a lot of moving parts right now that we're looking at, um, you know, every position, you know, for depth and – you know, potential otherwise. But, uh, yeah, right now we can't really say that. We'll, we'll see. Uh, Tommy, four years with the Chargers, two seasons with the Jets before joining the Dolphins earlier this offseason. He's got almost 100 career games and 64 starts under his belt. The thing is, the key here is, I would imagine, from your perspective, he's insurance and he's got experience at both guard and center. Exactly. It's all about versatility, Jeff. You know, when you're bringing in a guy, especially an offensive lineman, this late in the mix, he's going to have to be sped a lot or fed a lot of information over the next 15 or 14 or however many days there is before the first game. 
but he's going to have to digest a lot of information before they put him on the practice field so he can get involved in the play. So it's something that he's going to have to stand right to the right of Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach, every single play that's called. He's almost told his assignment. And then when he gets an opportunity to get some reps, you know, you have to be told your assignment again. But these professionals know how to study. I've had it happen to me when I got cut by the Bears. I got picked up a couple days later by Miami Dolphins, and they said, listen, you better sit there and study your plays so we can activate you as soon as possible, and it's no different now in the NFL. Yeah, maybe a bit easier transition. Maybe Mike McDaniel from that tree of Kyle Shanahan and uh, guys up in Green Bay and, of course, Luke Getze. So there could be a, a little bit of an easier transition possibly but you know does this also signal anything to you about the health of the offensive line in particular what's going on with Cody Whitehair what's going on with Lucas Patrick what's going on with Nate Davis and what potential is going on with uh, Kramer as well and Tevin Jenkins you know because when you listen to Matt Eberflus he wasn't committing to the length of his injury or to any of those guys and some of them are still day-to-day. So I, I think it's important to come in here and pick up a guy that has NFL playing experience because it's not a shock to a guy that's already been in the NFL. Sometimes it is a surprise that's a college player that comes in and plays in the first regular season game because the, you, Jeff, listen, man, you've been around the NFL long enough, and you know the tempo of the regular season is a lot different than the uncertainty or the amount of reps that these guys are told they're going to play in the preseason. So I think the one key word as we get ready to start the season is chemistry. And if you think of chemistry, it fits in every single one of the segmented positions that they need to get better before they go against the Green Bay Packers. A lot of questions about Nate Davis. Uh, That was asked of head coach Matt Eberflus on Tuesday. Is he going to be ready to play for week one? We're just looking at the phases where he is now. So he's in the steps that says he's going to be ready. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with the other steps because I can't, I can't tell the future. But uh, right now he's in line for where he needs to be. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. With a player like that who hasn't been on the field, though, all that much, can you tell the buy-in to the hits principle, to the intensity, to the level of which you expect your guys to be playing since you haven't really seen that from him in your system? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I played against him uh, for four years or whatever it was, from 18 to 20, uh, you know, 21. Uh, so I know what kind of player he is. You know, I've seen what kind of player he is. Uh, the intensity he brings uh, to the line. And when he's been there, he's looked great. You know, he's been in there looking good on his pass sets, his, his jumps to the second level in the run game. Um, so he's looked really good in there. And uh, like I said, the process will take care of itself and he'll be ready to go. Uh, but uh, my past experiences with him, he's our kind of guy. Tom, it made it seem like uh, everybody's going to be ready to go come week one, with the exception of Tevin Jenkins. Well, you know, Nate Davis, he's got to be ready to play. Um, if he was able to put his pads on a couple times in Indianapolis and throughout the last week of the preseason, he's got a – is this not a ramp-up period anymore for Nate Davis? This is a prepared-to-start for Nate Davis. And the biggest – help that they can give Darnell Wright is having an experience lined up to his immediate left and his immediate right when you talk about the tight end position. Nate, you were paid a lot of money to come in here and to be a 
day one bona fide starter. That's what I expect out of him. And I hope that's the same expectations for Bear Nation and the Bears coaching staff. Score huge savings on an impressive lineup of items at Jewel Osco for you. This handy app features hot digital deals on everything from premium produce and savory snacks to butcher fresh meat and more. Get additional details at JewelOsco.com. All right, among the cuts, the veterans, defensive end Travis Gibson and cornerback Kendall Vildor. They've been in the program now for several years. DeMarcus Gates uh, was banged up, didn't play much at all during the preseason. Steven Carlson, the tight end. Avante Collins, a tackle. And uh, also some other veterans like Darius Fountain at the wide receiver position, Michael Ojemudia at corner, and Symbol Webster. Some of these guys, even though they're veterans, will be brought back to the 16-man practice squad. So uh, this is probably something that we probably shouldn't even get into. But let, let's tackle Gibson, uh, number one, because obviously the, the idea that uh, he was asking for and granted a trade request did not materialize, but it seemed like the handwriting was on the wall for Travis. Yeah, you know, there's coaches out there that have familiarity with him. You know, if you look at Sean Desai in Philly, you look down in Miami with Vic Fangio. There's guys that are familiar with his style of play and his dedication to the everyday responsibilities of an NFL player. So you never know. He could let he could land on one of those two teams. Um, I think if I was Travis Gibson, I would stay fresh. I would stay working out. I would stay ready to play at a moment's notice because he showed, you know, in the preseason that he's got pass rushing skills. So maybe it's something if you can continue to refine those skills, you end up in a roster and have a long, healthy, happy career. All right, got to talk about Tyson Bajan. He is the number two quarterback right now. Nathan Peterman uh, was waived. Uh, it does not preclude, according to head coach Matt Eberflus, from bringing in some experience at the quarterback position. But his uh, performance throughout training camp and in the preseason certainly turned everybody's heads. Here's Eberflus on what he's looking for in the young man. It's when you're a young player like that, you know, you have to improve and get better every single week. And he's going to learn as he goes through the process of how the game plan changes every week. And that's probably a lot different than what he's used to. Um, you know, you put a training camp install in and you're going through these concepts that you have, you know, the runs and then the play action comes off of it and the screen game we're putting in and, you know, the quick game, the empty game and so forth. And you kind of go through that process during week one, week two, week three of training camp. And all of a sudden now you get to a game week and you're like, say, hey, we're going to pull this off the board, this off the board. We're going to change this, adjust this. And you got to learn all those uh, concepts, but and they may look different. Uh, to the to the uh, def- defense, and that's how we put him in. So he's going to have to learn how to do that process. Tom, anything about this surprise you? Well, let me ask you something. You announced the Senior Bowl. Does anything surprise you? You have no. more eyes on experience from his practicing when you go from the college he went to, Shepherd University, right? Yep. Now you go to the Senior Bowl with all these Division Division One five star quality athletes. Me, I'm surprised just because I didn't know anything about him. But I've grown to like these guys that stay in college for four years because it's evident of the extra couple thousands of reps that they get in those last years that it helps them, you know, elevate their skills. What about you, Joni? Yeah, Are yeah. you surprised? No, I'm not because I, I've said all along, it's just there's something about the guy, the way he carries himself, the way he walked on the practice field, the way players uh, responded to him, uh, the way he throws the football, his mechanics – so, no, uh, and his belief. I mean, you know, this word moxie keeps coming up. Uh, I think it's just in the household he lived in with that father who was internationally <laughs> famous for being a, hand, uh, 
arm wrestler and being a champion of the best ever. He, he just walks and, and, and walks the talk. You know, he's just, there's something about him. And whenever you hear about the something you bought him, guys, you know, they, they're going to get a chance. And now he has a chance. And he believed this long before he started high school out there in West Virginia. Long before he was ignored by colleges, he felt his whole mindset, Tom, his whole mindset was getting to the NFL. And when he started that process, there's video on it, and he's quoted as saying, people are going to they're gonna be wondering why they passed me up when I play in the NFL. And so now he's on the doorstep of being in the NFL. Jeff, when I was a junior in high school, me and two classmates of mine sitting in class, we said, hey, how are we going to sign our autograph when we make it to professional sports? <laughs> it was in April of my junior year. I I had that same mindset in my head, and I'm glad that Bajan had it because you see what it's come out to be. Now, the first thing, you, you hear that term, the eye test. Does he pass the eye test? Is he Doug Flutie, 5'9 plus? No, he's 6'3", yeah. 215 pounds. He passes the eye test, but now it's all about the mental test, and he's passed it. He's shown the coaches, given the indication in meetings and on the practice field and on the game field that nothing's too big for him. So I'm proud of the kid. I'm happy for him, and I hope he has a long, successful career. Yeah, I love these stories, and they're all over the National Football League. There's a bunch of guys making teams that uh, nobody thought they would make, and uh, let's see what happens with their careers. One of those guys is tight end Robert Tunyon. Uh, he talked about Bajan and how he interacted with him, their conversations, and his own Indiana State to Detroit Lions <laughs> to Green Bay Packers journey. Let's listen in. Yeah, he's a good kid. He's a, he's a gamer. What's, what's good about him, he, he was from a D2 school, and he played a lot of football. Um, it's not like a guy who is just, you know, starting like a handful of games in Division One and then getting drafted. You know, he played, you know, a lot of games, had a lot of success, so he has a lot of football under his belt. He's been very self-aware just about the level that he came from. And he said that you know, he'd make plays and he'd notice some guys be like, wait, like you, kind of almost like a little bit of shock that a D2 guy can make a right. play like that. And like you went where to school? Like how have you seen your teammates react to like how well he's played this preseason, knowing where he yeah. came from? I think that's what's good about um, like our team, you know, a young team. Like everyone's just so – like the camaraderie is good. Um Everyone doesn't really look down on people uh, where they came from or, you know, if you can play football, you can play football. And uh, those are the people that we want around this building and we want a part of this team. So, um, yeah, it is a little different, you know, a D2 quarterback, you know, just coming in just all of a sudden making plays. But um, if you look at his film and, like, who he is and, you know, his statistics and all that, I mean, he's been doing it. So Along the same lines, you were a guy who had to fight for a roster spot. What do you remember about the emotions of, like, roster cutdown day? And what advice do you have for guys? Kind of yeah, I mean, I had, you know, when I was in Detroit, I had the worst where, you know, I went to, in to sign my practice squad contract and then they didn't have it all of a sudden. And then I, the next year I go in and they call me, you know, I get that, you know, the prank call that I got cut and then I go in there and then I made the team. So it was like completely the different, completely opposites. But, um, yeah, I mean, just advice. I mean, it really, it does, you know, weigh on you when you get that call or when you get cut. But there's so much that can happen within these, like, next handful of weeks. You know, so many injuries in the first couple games or, you know, you see roster moves that, you know, people didn't really like or, um, you kind of just see how the NFL unfolds in terms of rosters and moves and stuff like that. So you kind of really can't 
dwell on it. But yeah, I mean, I didn't sign Green Bay until like week or like the first week of December. So I was at home for like a whole year. So, and uh, yeah, so I mean, really cliche as it sounds, it really isn't how it starts. But you know, when you get your opportunity, you know, finishing and executing and uh, just making do with your opportunities. Someone had the audacity to prank call you from the front office to like. No, no, no. It was like another player who got cut. And then uh, he used, like, the same text and copied and pasted and sent it to me. I literally went into the office and handed in my iPad, and then everyone was, like, excited to see me, and I was super confused. What did you say to someone? No, I didn't say anything. Yeah, there's, like, an article on it on ESPN or something like that. But this was, yeah, 2008, yeah, 2018. I had a really good preseason, and, like, I – like, they basically told me, like, I was on the team. So I was, like, cool. And then, like, I'm at home, like, playing video games with my buddy, and all of a sudden, like, I get that text, and – I literally drove like so mad to the building, like handed in my iPad. Then my tight ends coach and the GM are like super excited to see me. I was like, this is weird. Right, that was a great story from Tanya. <laughs> the, the one I cannot believe, though, was getting the crank call from somebody he didn't really like on the team telling him that he was uh, cut after he thought he'd made the Packers. How mean. It was, it was a text. So, yeah. he, so some other teammate got cut through a text, and then that teammate took that text and sent it to Tunyon. I would have drove right to that person's house and beat <laughs> the crap out of them and then went back and hoped like heck that I still had a playbook at the end of the day. Yeah. That's, I got to tell you, it's one of the greatest stories I've ever heard from an actual NFL successful player by Robert Tunyon. And uh, someday I would like to talk to him behind closed doors and get more of a – off the microphone, yeah. you know, response to it. Well, even Detroit, he shows up for the practice squad, and eh, there was no contract. Just, just that's all he said. There wasn't, there was not. <laughs> right. That was it. It was all, it was not happening. So, and he didn't even play football for almost a year before he got together with the Packers, and then had a ten touchdown season up there in Green Bay. So we're great guy, local guy. Glad he's here, and that's an exciting watch. Game day snacking calls for good foods, chunky guacamole made with Haas avocados, tomatoes, onions, cilantro, and a squeeze of lime juice. It's the perfect snack to watch while the Bears win. Score some today at your local grocery store. Game day is guac day. I'm going to tell you, we, you know, and you've been making a lot of comments about me and my <laughs> apparent love for number 29, Tyreek Stevenson, but, you know, I, I've also – really, my eyes are telling me, okay, Zach Pickens can play football. He can play football for me. And I just love the idea of Pickens and Dexter. They get out there together. They walk around together. It's like your offensive lineman when they're all together. These two guys, they are joined at the hip, and maybe they have great 10-year careers here with the Chicago Bears, a defensive line, a defensive tackle, nose tackle in this system. Uh, what are your thoughts on Pickens and Dexter? They, do, uh, they don't have a lot of similarities in their style Ooh. of play. When you look at Zach Pickens, you look at the immediate explosiveness that he gets in control of the offensive lineman, and he puts him in a defensive position that offensive linemen don't want to be in. Javon Dexter has athleticism to move laterally and to move vertically, like he says. So I like the way that these guys are increasing their repertoire, their arsenal. And Travis Smith, a defensive line coach, I think he's the perfect guy for them because he's got a variety of skills that he's been taught from other coaches. And then he does a really nice job of teaching these guys on the move. So they put them in place. It's not something they think about. It's just the way they react as defensive linemen. So I'm looking 
for the increased potential and growth of both of these guys in their own different skill sets. Here's Pickens on the potential he sees with Dexter, his running mate. Oh, yes, sir. We definitely do that. Um, celebrate. We dap each other up every time we're about to go on the field. Uh, we give each other confidence, and that's one thing I always wanted. And if you believe it, he believe it, we're going to be all right. And I feel like if we do our, if we play our cards right, can nobody stop us? And that being said, you know Dexter, let's listen in. He feels that he's starting to prove people wrong. And when asked, well, "What do you mean?" You know, you're, he goes, "I was a second round pick." He says it so calmly. Let's listen in. Oh uh, yeah, completely opposite player now. I mean, um, I mean, like getting off the ball, playing vertical, um, and and learning how to do some of those things. Even uh, my my rush ability has. Uh, turned the whole different uh, level. So. Like lean on athletic ability more in college, it just seems like that's a natural thing. And then you come up here and you realize it takes more than that. Have you come to that kind of realization? Right, yeah, of course. Uh, I think uh, like a guy like me, where I can win some one-on-ones just with my guy given. Um, but now there's guys who's uh, just as big and just as strong. So it's uh, technique versus technique. Pad level, uh, hands, uh, inside hands. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of little things that you got to uh, have to, to win here. That's the kind of agitation you had, right? He's agitated. He wasn't bitter. a first. Yeah, but he he's mad he's not a first-round pick, so therefore he feels people don't believe in him. Yeah, but drink that fourth-round Kool-Aid like I've been drinking. I'm still bitter about it. So It still didn't I, taste I, any good? It's listen, not. It doesn't taste. No. There's no taste hasn't uh, changed? Come on. I, but I, I, I admire these two defensive linemen because they're not satisfied. They're not happy. They know they have a lot of potential, but they need to work hard to, you know, have that growth cultivate. And so, like I said, I'm excited to see him down the road, and I think they're on a good team. There's some good veterans here. And when you look at the front seven of any defense, you need that rotational defensive line that can keep your reps as fresh as they can possibly be. And I hope they're contributors on week one, day one. All right, so you got nine of them as of right now. Demarcus Walker, Unique Ngakwe, Dominique Robinson, Rasheem Green, and Terrell Lewis. He makes the team. Justin Jones, Andrew Billings, then Zach Pickens and Javon Dexter Sr. Do you like the rotation, the flexibility of these nine gentlemen? I need to see Demarcus Walker where he's at. He hasn't shown me enough on the practice field other than you know, being a little chirpy, being a little instigator. I like that side of them. I think the team needs that. But I need to see Demarcus Walker healthy and have multiple reps on the field in full pads to show me what he's going to contribute to the outside position. We are brought to you by Molson Coors, Vizzy Hard Seltzer, the official hard seltzer of the Chicago Bears, and United Airlines, official airlines of the Chicago Bears. And we're brought to you by PNC, the official bank of the Bears. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds uh, had that 20-day absence from training camp. Did get in a few snaps in the preseason finale, so we haven't seen him in his entirety with this defense as well with his running mate T.J. Edwards, Eddie Jackson, of course, and Jaquan Brisker at safety. So Kyler Gordon was asked if he's concerned about that lack of continuity as they head into the opener. Since the beginning of camps and OTAs, like we've been in moments that where we all – gelled together and I've seen the way that we've all played and how dominant can be kind of like what I was talking about a little bit earlier and so you know being able to have that and that chemistry and stuff and even to be able to go through walkthroughs and do stuff and the communication be so smooth that when you know we're going through plays it's like I don't know it's just smooth and especially compared to last year at least for me and you know being able to talk to the players and oh we can do this we can do that okay let's just make sure we talk it up and like I don't I don't really have any doubts as far as the way we're going to gel I've seen each player 
you know, do something special individually and add and contribute to this defense and stuff like that. So I think a lot of people are curious about it. But as as a defense and people that have been here in the building, like I don't I have a lot of doubt in the players that we have and stuff like that. So I, I feel good about us. All right, Gordon says he's not worried about it because he's seen it throughout course of the offseason and practice that when they were healthy, these guys were playing a certain style of defense. And they did. They they looked good. They looked better at times than the offense did throughout certain practices in the offseason and training camp. What is your take and concern at all? for the starting defense as it prepares for the Packers? Well, this is my concern. When Kyler Gordon was at the mic, communication inside the classroom is a lot different than chemistry on the field when you have moving parts against your opponent. I do, when the whole defense was out there, I think, Jeff, that was the most impressive element of training camp for us in the first four or five days of camp when they were all out there. They were fast on their feet. They're athletic. They moved well. They were taking the ball away. They were putting pressure on the quarterback. I like that Kyler Gordon feels that they're in a better place now than they were a year ago, obviously, when some of these kids were rookies. But if they have all these guys stay healthy, they have depth in the defensive backfield, they're more athletic at the linebacker position with depth, they got a better rotation of defensive linemen, if they can stay on the field together, what did Kyle, Kyler say at the end of it, that they could be scary. Yeah. This is a good group. This is a good group. So I'm excited to see that. Now we need the offense to feel the same way about itself with Justin Fields pulling the trigger for DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, Echomenia St. Brown, Tyler Scott, Bayless Jones Jr., Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, and the running backs. You kept five running backs, including Kari Blassingame, so you've got uh, a lot of weaponry and a lot of mismatches you could create if everything falls into place. But, of course, the offensive line's got to come out healthy. So these are all all things. A lot of questions yet with two weeks to go before the start of the season opener, Tommy. Chemistry, Jeff. And I keep, I'm going to repeat that word until I get 100 reps of the offensive line together of the same five guys. And I think that's when you can start scratching the surface of the chemistry that you ultimately need. So, you know, Jeff, take, for example, the first three games of the year, and you think of the defense Green Bay runs, you think of the defense Tampa Bay runs, and you think of the defense that Kansas City runs. There's subtle differences to every one of those defenses, and you don't have time to talk on the line of scrimmage about the communication of responsibilities. you got to get to know each other so well that it's a blink of an eye. It's an elbow tap in the huddle. It's a head nod. It's a code word at the offensive line that everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. So, Uh, You know, my opinion is uh, still out there, and I'll give you that opinion after hopefully I see those 100 snaps. All three of those defensive lines have impressive players on it, assuming, of course, that Chris Jones returns and avoids uh, a a holdout there for Kansas City. I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Big Tom, did anything on the final roster, as we know it right now, uh, surprise you? And, you know, take the injuries aside, there were a few guys banged up. Of course, that practice squad will feature players that are from other rosters, but a number of rookies that did not make the final roster will be on that practice squad. You know, surprise, no. I'm just waiting to see the guys get into their place to see how they developed on this team. Because, you know, you make, you talked about the absence of Tremaine Edmonds. You you know, we talk about the absence of Chase Claypool. So there's veterans on this football team that haven't been around for a little while, Demarcus Walker, that they're going to play a significant role on this football team, Jeff. So when you talk about these next days leading up to the Green Bay game, 
it's almost like they have to speed up their process of contributing to this football team mentally, physically, and, you know, in the, in the meeting rooms and every way that the bears are going to be asking of them. So I'm excited to see it's not the finished product before the green Bay game. It's the product before the green Bay game. Yeah. Just taking a glance at the Packers uh, roster, uh, obviously the, the biggest change is the most important one uh, to Jordan love, but uh, a lot of the same names, that we have uh, dealt with over the years are on that roster. It's a young receiving core. It's a veteran defensive line with de- veteran defensive players in the secondary and a veteran offensive line with a pair of running backs that can cause you some damage. Why'd they cut your guy? Who is Patrick that? Patrick O'Donnell. I know. They cut him Monday. Yeah. I'm, Pat- surprised. I'm surprised yeah. about that. Patrick O'Donnell, will he'll end up on an NFL roster as an active player maybe week two. But, you know, I mean, there was a lot of kickers around the league traded uh, in, yeah. in moving around teams at, at this part of the season. So, uh, I listen, you know, in Green Bay, I don't like Green Bay. That's no secret. But I like Patrick O'Donnell. And I was surprised <laughs> when I saw his name. All right. Uh, lastly, one bit of nugget that uh, is important for the season to come. Tommy, eight of the Bears' 13 losses came down to a single score. And they had led in the fourth quarter in some of those games. That's how much excitement there was in the the season that became a 14 loss season despite that fact they were so how do they bridge that gap now how do they win those um, you know they they have to have more sustainability time sustainability that leads to scoring offense they have to keep their defense fresh late in the game because when you look at the analytics and the statistics of the defense you know, it's got to go hand in hand, Jeff. It's got to be a contributing, scoring, time-consuming offense that allows the defense to play fresh. Because we just talked about all the assets the defense has. And if they're allowed to go out there in the fourth quarter and play a fresh brand of football, then you're going to see them winning those types of games. And, uh, you know, so we need probably more explosive plays in the fourth quarter as well. All right, that's going to wrap us up. Thank you, Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Tastes like Miller time, Chicago. Tommy, we'll talk to you in a couple of days. boy, Jeff. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please subscribe now on the Chicago Bears official app, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. This is Bears Etc. with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks for listening.